Happy New Year. We are officially in 2021. Are you a believer that like 2021 is just going to be totally amazing and better than 2020? No. <laughs> okay, okay. I see we, we're back to the pessimism. Okay. okay. I mean, I hope it is. Oh, but okay. All these people like, oh, thank God 2020 is over. We're still in a pandemic. We still have craziness going on. Uh, no, I'm optimistic it's going to be better. I mean, but... Listen, do I think 330,000 people are going to die this year because of a pandemic? No. So that's a positive. I think the vaccines will, you know, maybe fully kick in by the summer. Um, So, yeah, I'm hoping it's better, but I don't know if there's any guarantees. I know. Is there any word, you know, because obviously one of the things we'll talk about is the vaccine rollout. A lot of controversy in the past couple of weeks that it's been way slower. Uh, Now there's even talk about divvying up the, um, you know, the vials where I guess they were kind of given double doses anyhow, trying to vaccinate as many people as possible. Um, What's the story? Like, do you know when we're all going to be able to be eligible to get it? You mean the general public? Yeah. I think it depends on your state and how they're rolling it out. My guess, my best guess is it'll be later than you think. Uh, you know, my hope is September. Oh, you think me. it's that late for, for like you, myself, like yeah. any, really? Yeah. The whole thing's been flawed. Um, you know, number one, again, no national plan, left it up to the states. Trump and his administration and all these senators who are literally insane at this point with the election, um, you know, just abdicated to the states. Uh, the lack of focus and and planning. This is this is just typical Trump. You know, talk a great game, talk about warp speed. Um, really didn't do much, but you know what? The, the pharma, large pharma, got it out, so he tried to take credit. You know, maybe give him some just for the concept of warp speed. But then that's it. Then he washes his hands with it. He's tweeted four million times on ridiculous election fraud. Um, You know, on a call with the secretary of state of elections from Georgia, uh, basically trying to coerce him into going to find enough votes to win the state, which, by the way, should not only be impeachable, but potentially criminal. I was going to ask you that. Do you think it's criminal? Because, again, you know, a lot of articles. I don't know the law. Um, I don't think he offered anything. You know, it wasn't a bribe per se. But certainly it's, as we've said with many things, it's not presidential. Uh, the, The entire thing is just is a joke. I'm going to get off track. We'll talk about that in a second. Back to the vaccine for one second. Lack of national plan. Some states are doing better than others. I think, again, I think the politics and the social acceptance or pressure to have certain groups before other groups is now, and I said this to you, and I, you know. I think like the last podcast or podcast before. A few ago, it should have been True first responders, I'm talking frontline responders, not people who work in office buildings and all this other stuff, true frontline responders. And we can agree or disagree on the nursing home folks. And then by age, just get it out. But 90 to 100, 80 to 90, 70, it's easy to understand. You can't manipulate the system. You show a license or you show proof of your age and you get the vaccine. 
That's it. Like, why we're screwing around with all these subgroups and subcategories? People are trying to cut the line. You have people signing up that really aren't eligible and hoping when they actually get there, they just get it. It's a joke. Again, we, we try to be politically correct, I guess. I, I mean, I don't like to use, I don't know exactly what it is, but just do it. Why do we make everything complicated? You know, this, these, the, these next three weeks, it's going to be everyone who's 80 plus, then it's going to be 70 to 80, you know, those numbers in your region, right? So, you know, the percent of people, or I should say, yeah, you, you, you know, the population in your region or your city or your state that fit into that 10 year category. So you can prepare for it. And obviously when you get to the 60 to 70 and the 50 to 60, those numbers are going to grow. Right. But I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand how we make it. And again, I'm not minimizing the, the, you know, we got a, we got a vaccine out in nine months or eight months. Okay. Okay. Positive. Right. Yes. But I don't know. But wait a minute. Okay. You say that, but has there been, I mean, for the most part, it does seem like we are vaccinating the, the, the huge majority of frontline workers, doctors, nurses, EMTs, fire, rescue. There's there's been numerous articles. In Maryland alone, they came out and said that 3,000 people signed up and tried to cut the line, and they warned against it. Like, I just think when you don't, when you have, so who's a frontline worker? Is the person who works in a hospital, in the office, self-isolated, a frontline worker? See, I, I mean, I would, I would probably give it to them. Yes, I mean, like, but any, why? But why? Because like, anytime you're even, if you were at a job where someone could potentially walk in, what if they're working at home, doing billing? See, that's my well. See, but I, I would still give it to them because no, they are no. essential. Yes, no, you still they're not. Get they're nurses. no more essential than anyone else. They're home doing invoicing. Patrick, the I, people who run our payroll are as important as like the anchors on oh, air. My, the people who run my payroll are going to be last, right? They're going to be with the general public, just like someone doing invoicing for a healthcare facility. I'm sorry. Like either your frontline doctors, nurses, uh, you know, the, the, the people who actually work physically in the hospital, technicians and so forth. Yes. Police, fire, first responders, yes. But after that, what are we doing? What are we doing? I would still give it to people associated with healthcare. I would. Well, you're the, you're the problem. <laughs> I mean, you know, their daughter and kids that live in the house, no. But I mean, if, if, if you're talking payroll for a major hospital and you've got three or four people and they are working remotely, I mean, their getting, job is critical. Getting, getting payroll out is not essential. <laughs> Yes, it is. Are you kidding? Okay, okay. Even you, even me. Let's go three weeks, no paycheck. Or three pay cycles. You'd be fuming. What I'm saying is they're no more essential because they work for a hospital than the people who do our payroll or the people who do, you know, a law firm's payroll. Like, the problem is no one's differentiating. And everyone wants to be like, yeah, yeah. listen, I, I just... No national plan, and the states, I think, are just mishandling it. That's just you know my opinion. I think, I think it should have just been done by age. Simple. Well, that boom. I don't disagree. That sounds like a good plan. I'm just I'm thrilled that you have three thousand people trying to I actually get it. Frontline workers who engage with the public on a daily basis; those are essential. Totally. 
so you, you, there needed to be a specific criteria for those people, and then everyone else falls into an age category. That's it. All right. We, we have a ton to talk about in addition to um, the vaccine. Yeah. Where do you want to start? I mean, you know, today you've got the Georgia runoff for that. I mean, very close Senate race. I do believe I read maybe the Dems were, I don't think we believe polls anymore, but the polls were showing the Democratic, you know. I, I, I So when it, when it occurred, when the runoffs occurred, I think I told you, I think it was 80% Republicans would at least hold one, if not two of the seats. I now believe it's clearly in the Dems' favor. I think the Dems will win at least one, if not two today. I think Trump, I think the senators who've come out just with ridiculous conspiracy theories, fraud, attacked the Secretary of State of Georgia, attacked Governor Kemp. There's billboards up in the state. Now, granted, many of them could have been put up by the left and people for uh, Warnock and Ossoff just talking about don't go vote how could you trust the system the early voting seems about on par with the early voting from the general election which actually is very good for the democrats because the turnout in uh runoffs tends to be way down from general elections so if the turnout is mirrors the general election that can only help democrats okay I just think, listen, I I think Trump needs to go as fast as he can get out. I think it's been an utter embarrassment and disgrace. And 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 listen, you know. That doesn't mean certain, you know, in the past, you know, I believe and I may not have this 100 percent right, but I believe Barbara Boxer, who was a um, senator, um, I'm sorry, congresswoman from California, and I believe Uh, Jerry Nadler, congressman from New York, I believe four years ago they um, they did similar to what certain Congress people and senators are going to do now. They opposed the electoral vote. Uh, But I don't remember that. I don't remember it being really talked about. And I'm not sure exactly how that if it's the same. But I've heard, you know, some of that. But that doesn't justify what's going on now it's just utter chaos it's i, I mean so t- what are your predictions for tomorrow night you know obviously mitch mcconnell has warned republican um gop members you know don't you know back off of course some of them have not including ted cruz and, and a lot of people believe that strategy is cruz is going to run for president for a year so he's trying to to get trump's base and then he can say I, you know i said that this was there was election fraud um what do you think trump's the only one and for whatever reason, I'll you know there will be case studies for years to come. Trump's the only one who can be Trump, right? The Josh Hawleys of the world, the Ted Cruz's of the world. If they think by opposing the electoral vote tomorrow, asking for a ten-day audit, somehow that's going to endear them to the Trump supporters for a run in twenty twenty-four. I think they're woefully mistaken. I think it's an embarrassment. I think. Um, the country has uh, listen i i just think here's what i don't understand other than the presidential race where trump lost the republicans had a great election um, america or, or you know the voters in this country cl- sent a clear message they didn't like trump or they didn't like the way he handled covid or whatever reason and they felt they needed a more stable president. But other than that, 
Now we'll see what happens, you know, with the runoff. But for the most part, I mean, listen, you got Purdue. Purdue Purdue had almost ninety thousand more votes, right, than Ossoff. Now we'll see if the same thing holds true. But he he way outperformed Trump by to the tune of almost one hundred eleven thousand votes, right? Right. So they picked up they picked up state legislators. They picked up they didn't lose as many. Um, uh, Senate seats as they thought they were going to. They won major Senate seats in Maine and North Carolina and other places. You know, they picked up, I believe, the final tallies, 11 House seats. Like, and I'm talking about in places like New Jersey, Rhode Island, California. Places you wouldn't so, expect. Yes. Right. But what right. I don't understand is that, you know, the, these, you know, the, the, the Josh Hawleys of the world, if somehow they think America wants another Trump in four years, I don't, I just don't, I don't see it. And by the way, Josh Hawley will finish 10th in the primary, right? Like he's not Trump. Right. Right. Neither is Ted Cruz, honestly. I mean, if Ted Cruz was, he would have been much further along. I mean, you know, listen, some of the overriding principles, they don't want to lose, but then why would you put the Senate in jeopardy? Because you're going to get those policies that you you, 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 you know, the, the Ted Cruz's of the world don't want, they're going to get them when the, the Democrats win both uh, Senate races today and, and Kamala Harris is the deciding vote in the Senate. And they, you know, and you're going to have, a, you know, potential Supreme Court justices, you, you know, you know, tax increases, you know, a lot of rollbacks and, and other things that the Senate at least could have been a stopgap to and a balance of power. We'll see. We'll see how today turns out. But I just what's your prediction for Mike Pence tomorrow night? You know, obviously, Trump has also made some veiled threat isn't the right word, but essentially saying, oh, you know, listen, I think his political career is over, you know, and and I don't. But what does that mean then? Do you think that he upholds the Electoral College vote or do you think he, you know, tries to be a disruptor. I'm not an expert on the process tomorrow by no means. I do believe that if anyone objects or opposes, they have to take a two hour pause. Yes. Yep. They have to go back to their chambers, uh, discuss it and then come out and actually vote. Uh, so, you know, then you'll have people on record how they vote. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how I, you know, I wonder if today's results with the change, how people react tomorrow, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, if, you know, if the Democrats win both today, does that change how people think tomorrow? I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be very fascinating and obviously anticipating a uh, long but day. I, I, I want to give one other side of this that I do. There's been, you know, you want to call them traditional Republicans, conservatives, what have you, but non-Trumpers. And even a lot of people who supported Trump have come out very aggressive against him. I mean, yeah. 90, 97% of the Republicans are against what he's doing. So we need to be careful that we're not – yeah, there's, there's 10 senators, there's a bunch of – but I'm talking about just the masses of – conservatives and Republicans in this country are against this. Yeah, I believe I don't you know, I haven't seen polling on it. But um, but listen, when you have 10, you know, 10 out of what, 
50 senators, 51 senators, 10, 11, and potentially 100 or more congresspersons, that's a high percentage of people in Congress that are Republicans who somehow are going to do the unthinkable and try to overturn a fair election. I don't I don't understand. It. I know. No, it, it, it does. I said seem- this in my tweet last week and then we can move on. I said, you know, I mean, you know where I stand on the Senate side of this. I I want the Republicans to hold on to the Senate to have balance. But I actually think they deserve to lose it now. I really do. I think I think they deserve to have the Democrats run for two years. Well, I mean, it's going to be a big day today. And I I think your prediction is correct. I I do think the Democrats will win those seats because I think you're right. The Republican Party. By the way, Warnock and Ossoff are terrible candidates. Terrible, terrible candidates. In what ways? What what do you. Extremely liberal, extremely progressive. Okay. Warnock has a checkered somewhat checkered past and again by no means purdue and loffler are equally as not great candidates so i mean you look at the four of them combined and there's no standouts there in my opinion i mean loffler's been questioned in terms of uh insider trading yeah that was big yeah purdue purdue has some some questionable uh relationships um so but i mean this, you know, the four of them combined. I don't. I'm not sure there's a really good candidate out of all four. Right. Um, okay. Is what it is. Is is there anything else you want to say about the leaked phone calls um, from um, from Brad no, it's, Raffensperger? It's just embarrassing. It, okay. You know, yeah. And, and know, potentially just, could be legal. You know, who, who leaked them is the question, right? Don't you think their office did? I mean, don't you think they've had it with Trump or, or yeah, you know, I think, I think Governor right. Kemp? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think that's like they they obviously recorded it, and I mean, it'll be interesting to see the lawsuits that come when Trump is out of office because for him to do stuff like that is just, I don't know. I mean, unbelievable after everything he's been through. I said this a month ago when he lost; he had a chance whatever small chance or you know you want he did some things well he had a chance to i don't know yeah you know, he had a chance to be the right person and maybe run again in 20 i think it's it's all gone now yeah. i think he'll get the same 65 million or 70 million people but um no, I think you're right. I think and and I think you had kind of had a strategy. Many other people did too. That you know, like you said, he would take the loss, but really campaign in Georgia, get those Republican senators through, um, you know, and then say he he could take credit for the vaccine rollout, all that kind of thing. But I think you're right. All that's been erased. It's just yep. now. I think people are just so beyond disgusted. All right, where do you want to go um, from here? You know, obviously locally, very scathing story about DC uh, teachers union. Um, scathing and really sad for the the residents and kids and homeless kids of D.C., basically about how every step of the way um, D.C. Teachers Union has blocked Mayor Bowser and their efforts to try to get schools reopened. I I thought that article from the Post was just so disheartening. But not surprising to me. I've been, I've said (laughs) this for years and years Um, and years. I think a lot of teachers unions have gone back and, and... I, I yeah, it, but mo- yeah. most public sector unions, especially teacher unions, you know, th- think about this concept for one second. They 
fund and help elect the politicians that they then sit down at the table with and negotiate their contracts. That doesn't happen in the private sector, right? So it's a flawed system to begin with. It's a skewed system. And frankly, shame on the mayor of D.C. Be tougher. We're going back. This is the day we're going back. If you don't want to come back, then you know what? I'm sure there's something in their contract that they'd either they could either furlough, fire, or get. You know, to me, this is the um, air traffic controller situation. Either get your butt back in the classroom to teach our children, or get out of the way. And lack of leadership, appeasement to the unions, lack of conviction, and really lack of sensibility to the children. Those are the ones that suffer. That is, right? yeah. So the teacher unions in this country have never been for kids, plain and simple, never been for the kids. They avoided all kinds of merit, merit ratings, uh, you know, anything that would have benefited the children. They fought charter schools that on and on. And this goes back to Michelle Reed. This goes back years and years and years. Uh, you know, I have nothing good to say about teacher unions. Now, having said that, we worked with the Washington Teacher Union when we put on the, you know, we put on the, uh, uh, the lessons for kids yeah. back in, in April. And that was great, you know, so. Uh, and when you, you know, say I, that you ran lesson programs like on um, right, the sister station, uh, right? Down to, at eight, you know, at 10 a.m. every morning. I, again, I don't know the contract. I don't know the specific negotiations they've been having. But from an outside perspective, kids need to be back in school. Other major districts are doing it. What it what's interesting, though, you look at New York City, very strong teachers union, but they're back. So either that was the governor or the mayor, and I've been extremely critical of de Blasio, but saying we're going back, right? These kids don't have their resources at home. The parents need to go to work, single family homes, whatever have, special needs children. They need to be back in school. My niece and nephew have been back in Connecticut three days a week from the beginning. Very yeah. healthy. Everything's going fine. I, I said this to you, and I don't say this lightly. You know, I, I look at our region. This is Washington, D.C., very affluent suburbs, very smart, in, you know, academics in this area, think tanks and law firms and lobbyists. And, and yet we have failed on so many levels in our region, the fact that restaurants are still closed, the fact that we haven't done enough to help small businesses, the fact that kids in our region aren't back in school yet in January, what is going on? I don't understand it. How can our region, who's supposed to be progressive and proactive and, 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 and you know, on the cutting edge of business, be, be, have failed. It's just lack of leadership, Sarah. It's lack of leadership. Is it? And is it that, you know, so many people that work for law firms in D.C., lobbyists, government, you know, they're, they live in the suburbs. Maybe their kids are attending a private school or they're attending a, you know, schools in Virginia remain hybrid version. So maybe they just don't care about like what's actually happening in the district. Well, I'm not even talking just the district. I'm talking about Montgomery County, Prince George's County, Fairfax. They're not they're not back. None of those big Fairfax County is the large one of the largest school systems in the country, one certainly the largest in our area, and they're not back. But so like we talked about anybody with anybody with a significant amount of money is now doing 
they're doing not only hybrid school or just online school, but then they're hiring tutors for their kids. They're getting a small group together in the neighborhood. These are these are parents with disposable income, yeah. you know, which is a lot of people in our area. So it's like I, you know, the district what, to me what, always what, is left behind. And again, I don't have I don't have you know I don't have a child. I don't have a, I don't have skin in this game. I just look at as an observer, and I. You know, total failure on, on numerous levels, figuring out how to keep businesses alive, the lack of creativity on getting kids back into the school, the lack of trying or effort, the fact that they didn't even try it. And then if you had to retreat, retreat. What are, like? No, I think that was what was disappointing about the the teachers union. I mean, they just really fought and, you know, they would tentatively agree according to the Post article. And then a couple of days later, the, the union would back I, out. I said this, teacher unions, not the teachers themselves, teacher unions only consider themselves essential when they're negotiating their contract. Everywhere else, they're not, they're not essential. Either you're essential or you're not, right? So either, 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 you know. No, Get back it's, to work. It's, and I know a lot of teachers, especially I have you know friends uh, who who teaches special needs. She wants to be back in the classroom. But so this is this yeah. isn't just you know. Th- there's a lot of teachers who realize that these kids. I mean, think about it. we're we're coming on a year. I know. These kids have been out of the classroom, lack of socialization, lack of true learning or engagement. The kids who who struggle to begin with in classroom are certainly struggling at home. You know the the, the long term impacts of this from not only on the children but just from depression and these families. You know we talk about the bar. You know I want to get into the barstool fund, right? Yeah, me too. So, I want to know your thoughts. Here's 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 barstool sports. Who you know some people have criticized for you know. Oh, well, Dave Portnoy's been called everything, right? Chauvinist, misogynistic, racist. You know, he sat down with President Trump, pro-Trumper. Here's the thing. You know what? What he's doing with the Barstool Fund is amazing. So he created a fund. He, re, you know, he he's putting pressure on 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 the, the Hollywood elites, the tech industry, other entertainers. I believe he's almost at twenty million dollars. Yes, now. and. And then he creates his fund, and then through uh, a vetting process, people submit why they need help. And then, you know, if he selects you, you're in the fund. He's going to help support you yeah. until hopefully the pandemic, we're on the other side of this. And the videos, these people cry. They like, they, they, they like to see they are on the cusp of devastation. And to see some life and some relief, it's truly amazing. And he should deserve a lot more credit in the mainstream press than he's getting. And we've done stories on it. I know most of our other stations have done stories on it. Yes. But, you know. Well, when you Google the Barstool Fund, the only thing that comes up are local news outlets. So like Fox 5 DC, Fox LA, Fox. Apparently CNN did a story on Beyonce creating one hundred five thousand dollar grants. And they did a big story on it, and then Dave Portnoy, who obviously runs Barstool and behind the fund, president of Barstool, he retweeted. He goes, "You know, it's interesting. Wouldn't it be great if you did some stories on some other people doing really, really good here? I mean, twenty million dollars should be every major outlet should be doing stories. And the fact that that is not, and somebody making an editorial decision to not cover this." 
that tells you a lot. Um, okay, and, and what's your opinion that it tells you? Why do you think, because Dave Portnoy's think, had these labels that they don't want to touch him? I think he comes across as conservative, I believe, you know, because okay, he's yeah, interviewed right. Trump. You know, if, we, if you think that if this was, you know, some, you know, progressive, woke, you know, business person doing this, you don't think it'd be a bigger story? Of course it would. Of course. Oh, I mean, if somebody donated 20, if Jeff Bezos had donated $20 million and done a restaurant small business relief, I mean, it would be every news outlet would cover it. Everybody. I know. We're we're in agreement. (laughs) Yeah, we actually are on that. I mean, I, I think that's, it is shocking that he is not getting bigger press and like what he is doing. I mean, is really what our government should be doing. You know, I mean, he's finding these small businesses and Freddie's Beach Bar, which is in Crystal City, yeah. you know, Virginia, longtime yeah. LGBTQ. I mean, Fred, they've been unbelievable in this community yeah. near closing down. Barstool went in. I mean, I'm not sure how much they're giving them, but I'm, I'm thinking yeah, it's I a think, significant amount. So I think they're doing that behind this. So he doesn't when he does the videos, he doesn't say what it's not like, oh, here's 10 grand. It's basically, I think, you know, we're here to support you. So if you need $2,000 to pay a bill, if you need $1,500 to pay some employees, if you need to pay your rent, I'm sure there's behind the scenes, they have it structured where, you know, you just have to show what you need and, you know, and then, you know, they, they kind of dole out the money. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's like anywhere 50, 60, $70,000 in lots of cases. Yeah, Cause a lot of I'm these guessing. people have big rents. Yeah. yeah I, I know. I, I am in full agreement with you on that. Um, all right. We have sports to talk about Washington yeah. football team. Um, the giants obviously tweeting at the, the Washington football team and Eagles game, which was to me ridiculous. I mean, you know, the giants had many chances to yeah. secure their playoff spots. So stop whining. Yeah, um, so when, when you only win six games, stop whining that the, that the Eagles maybe tanked the game. Yeah. I mean, I, Although I will say I tweeted, you know, Doug, to me, Doug Peterson should be fired. Not, not because he tanked the game, just because, you know what? Three years, Wentz has, the, Wentz has gone backwards. The team's terrible. I don't understand this. And I've said this before to you. And, you know, Dan will understand this totally, your husband. International soccer. The money is so big. Like, I'll give you an example. They're already talking about firing Frank Lampard for Chelsea, right? Okay. They got rid of the PSG coach. PSG made the Champions League final last, like, four months ago. And because they're off to a slow start this season, they got rid of them. They sacked them, as they say in London, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, So what what are you saying? We're like, Why why are U.S. coaches giving all – all right, he won a Super Bowl three years ago. Sorry, you've stunk for the last three years. Time to go. New coach, right? The problem here is there's no re- there's no um, relegation. There's no there's no penalties for finishing twentieth versus like you should get less money. You should be relegated. There should be sub leagues. And again, I'm not saying just specifically the NFL. The 76ers in Philadelphia tanked for four years. No one said a damn word. Right. To try to get their top two draft picks, and they still stink now. So. You know, whatever. But listen, the the Washington football team, they make the playoffs at seven and nine. I've said it again. You know, Washington media, sports media, stop acting like they've, you know, you know, they're they're the the Patriots of the last ten years. They made the playoffs at seven and nine. Relax. Now, having said that, they got a chance to win. 
You think they actually have a legit chance to win? Um, you know, I, I think the fact that the NFL has an utterly flawed playoff system and the fact that they reward a division winner winning a terrible division. I mean, the Washington fall team in 16 games. Now, granted, they play teams that didn't have a winning record. So you can't beat a team that has a winning record if they don't have a winning record. But one, the Pittsburgh win was the only win against a team with a 500 or above record. Every other win, the six wins, below 500 team they beat. (laughs) Four of their wins came from their own division against terrible teams. True. So, listen, the fact that the Buccaneers at 11-5 and have to travel to Washington to play a Saturday night game in the cold against a pretty good, very good, actually, red uh, Washington football team defense, you never know what could happen. If they get to Brady, sack him a couple times, a few turnovers, if Alex Smith can throw a couple touchdowns, listen, it's highly unlikely they win, but... There's a chance. There's a chance. I believe the Buccaneers would have much rather play the Giants than Washington football team. No, we... Okay, yeah. The defense defense for Washington is top five, six, seven defense in the league. Yeah, their offense just isn't great, but... No. Um, okay, but we we were on vacation when Haskins was let go yeah. from the Washington football team. Just really quick, what were your were your thoughts on that? You think that was a good call? Love it. Get rid of him. <laughs> and of course, this comes after the strip club misconduct. I don't know if he was at a oh, strip, strip club or brought strippers or strip club. He played terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, he wasn't a team player clearly. Um, and you know, I think we forget sometimes in the media. The coaches, a coach like Ron Rivera, who's very well respected, they see him every day. They see him coming to practice. They see him on off days. They, you know, they see him, his attitude, how he's, you know, how he's learning the systems and the plays and preparing. You know, it's not just based on what happens on Sunday. Now, granted, you could be a, you could have a crappy week, and every if every Sunday you play great, yeah, you're going to be fine on the team most likely, but. You know, these people see, you know, these coaches know what they're doing for the most part, and they see it every day. They see the work. They see the attitude. They see the leadership or lack of. So, it, you know, listen. They'd had Rivera, it. Rivera didn't pick him. Rivera never liked him. I don't mean liked him personally, but as a player. And, you know, good. Get rid of him. Get him out of the, get him out of the locker room. Smart move. Um, okay. What about the NCAA um, college finals? You know, going to be held just in Indiana. Normally, of yeah. course, it's cities across the country. Um, I feel like they had to do that, right? I mean, with COVID protocol, yeah, how are you going to do it? I think it's a, I think it's a smart move. But at the same time, we said like three weeks ago, why is, why is the University of Maryland basketball team traveling to, you know, Pepperdine to play like some random game? Like, I'm not a fan of the NCAA. I think they're a bunch of hypocrites. But for safety reasons, this makes a lot of sense. You know, get everyone to the site. They can bubble everybody. Test every day. They can control the environment. No one's traveling all over the country. And, I, you know, I think it makes makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit pop culture really quick. Uh, the story is old, but, um, you know, I know you're a huge fan of Alec Baldwin. And you love that he's been given <laughs> numerous chances to redeem his image. 
I mean, th- wasn't this so strange? Faking? Hi- I think it's Hillary, right? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is Hillary, right? Yeah. But for years, she kind of faked this Spanish accent, said she grew up in Mallorca or was born there, and then went by Ilaria and wanted everyone to call her that. But it's truly Hillary. Like, are you blown? Like, but do you think this story has gotten enough press? She wrote her own op-ed piece. She blamed oh, the media. I actually think it was, it was interesting. I think, and I'm not going to mention the network, but one network in particular who may have some interest in some of her content was making it about that she faked an accent. That wasn't the story. You, you know, we, we, she culturally got, appropriated a whole culture. Right. For, we've been for, killing people for bad Halloween costumes and posting. We talked about the posting, uh, Asian food dishes and not given the right context. And here's a woman who may believe she was Spanish or from Spain, came over here you know, at 19 years old. Her bio was complete lie, complete fabrication. She's from Boston. You know, she, she, she literally was on the Today Show making believe she didn't know how to say the word cucumber. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yet, yeah, there was some outrage and people made fun of her. But like this was a serious thing. She faked her heritage to make money. And then Alec Baldwin comes out with some ludicrous rant. I mean, he literally looked like he was homeless when he did it. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, calling TMZ this and TMZ gets every story right. They just do. Oh my God. Oh, please. they have the best sources. They pay for stories. Genius. And then she, she goes and does like six, seven Instagram posts trying to somehow spin it and defend it. And yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, the media just got tired of the story and there was so much else going on and we we're heading into the holiday season. So I think that benefited her. But how, but- I mean, don't you find the hypocrisy insane? Rachel Dolezal, who we know, who was a white woman who appropriated being black. I mean, this woman can no longer get a job. I mean, death threats, you know, to this day, I mean, I think that happened like six or seven years ago, can't, really is publicly shamed. And yet... Hillary Baldwin is probably going to go on to do red carpets and still get booked on, you know, cooking segments. Absolutely. What that, why, I mean, just they, because they, of Alec Baldwin, right? You know, well, actually, yeah, it's absolutely because Alec Baldwin, right? Because he gets a pass on everything. For whatever reason, the guy gets a pass. He could say what he wants. He can be, he, he could be you know, homophobic. He could be misogynist. He could attack be, photographers, physically abusive, violent to his daughter, you know, on a phone call. And yet he still endorses product and he gets away with it. And he's still, you know, uh, a Hollywood, you know, star on SNL and all this other stuff. Right. Uh, well, you know, I mean, you could kind of compare it loosely to also the, you know, uh, the people who uh, got their kids into college. Right. Yes. They faked, okay. they faked their background. They faked who they were to advance their cause. And there was outrage on that. I mean, people went to jail because of it. And again, I'm not suggesting Hillary or Hillary should go to jail because of this. I'm just saying, like, where's the real outrage? I mean, people made fun of it. They covered it. It kind of wrote it off. They made it about her accent. It wasn't about her accent. She faked who she was. She faked her heritage. Right. 
Yeah. And ultimately, did she hurt other Spanish speaking or, um, you know, Spanish reporters or chefs or people that were trying to get into the business when, in fact, she was just white, you know? Um, Okay, what about television? Obviously, it was a big holiday. You know, Cobra Kai season three is back. I'm not watching that. My husband's like super into it. Um, Bridgerton. I I haven't even seen this. You guys are on board, right? So what is the premise of the show? I actually don't know. What, Bridgerton? Yeah. So it uh, set in 1813. It's about the coming out of, so it's about three or four, centers around three or four uh, noble houses in England. Okay. And about their uh, daughters coming out and being presented and the, 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 the process around trying to find them a husband. Okay. Um, and it's fantastic. I mean, I believe it's like off the charts in terms of the reviews. I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets like a 94%. Uh, it's eight episodes. One's better than the other. Um, actually, because Wait. it's so good. I, I My New Year's resolution in 2021, I actually tweeted this, is we're going to start referring to everyone in my family as my grace, my lord, um, Duke, Duchess. I thought you were going to start living as like an 1800s Bridgerton person. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're only going to refer to it as as the Polini house. Oh, the Polini house. Okay. Okay. Got it. No no more. You know, we're going to embrace everything about it. No, it was great. Great, (laughs) great, great great cast. Very well done. Um, I need to get on board. All right. Is it eight episodes total or is this just season one? And then there'll be a season two. You know what? I I think there were some things left undetermined so my guess is there will be a season two okay i don't know when it was shot and you know probably pre-covid um so we'll see if the actual season two comes out they may have announced that already i'm not sure but um but really really well done and um you know obviously our first podcast of 2021 but it looked like you had a great holiday great christmas um your mom was there how is she doing every everybody looked good yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, no, she's doing well. She spent 13 days with us. Oh, great. Three hours, 12 minutes. No, I'm all <laughs> <laughs> Judy, they're keeping track of their, it's down to the minutes. How was yours? Mine was great. I was up in Maine. Everybody did COVID tests before we got up there because yeah. we, we had our own COVID scare over Thanksgiving. We had a relative that we saw at Thanksgiving then get COVID like a week after we left. Anyway, so, um, it was, but very quiet. You know, we didn't really interact with anybody. It was it was the quietest Christmas ever, but I don't know about you guys, but in the past, you know, usually Christmas, you run to like three different other family members, Christmas parties or whatever. You're so exhausted. So in a way, it was the first time we'd ever actually stayed home. Like yeah. Christmas, you know, because normally Christmas Eve, you're going to mass, then you're going to visit. So it was yeah, like- we, we did the same thing. We, we, we did the bubble thing and it was just us. And we were in North Carolina. And, um, it was just, yeah, we just, we played cards. We just, it was actually kind of nice. And I know. You know on New Year's Eve, I watched Bridgerton. We, the one episode ended at 1158. We flipped over. We saw, you know, uh, the ball drop and then went right back to it. And I actually <laughs> stayed up to like one thirty watching Bridgerton. You did? I'm impressed. It's probably the latest I've stayed up on New Year's Eve in, you know, 10 years. <laughs> show got you but, to stay but it had nothing to do with new year's eve just because i was watching a show <laughs> all right that's great okay so we're you know we're back to weekly podcasts i mean next week we'll have to check in i need to know what's going on in fox five are we launching new you know 2021 yeah. shows so, uh, we may you know we may want to jump on thursday for, 
see how this craziness goes yes. with the Senate and tomorrow. Just for a quick, you know, 15, 20 minute, we could drop it. We'll could see be all night. Goes. And we might need our guy, Tom Fitzgerald. You know, Tom sometimes yeah. has some good scoops. So, okay, Patrick, where all can right. people follow you? Patrick, Fox 5, GM, DC. All right, we'll see you next week. All right.